A new Team Fortress 2 mod separates the paid players from the free-to-play players. Rockstar isn't interested in working with Team Bondi again, and while Ubisoft is looking forward to the Wii U, Gearbox founder says it's more of a stopgap. All that plus more on today's MASHcast. Rob Hill Williams. Right. I can't make the tapping noises that I want to make right now by dancing for you, so you'll have to just think about it. I'm imagining them, and they're glorious. It is glorious. I'll tap dance on Twitter for somebody later. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and that other voice you're hearing, that is uh, our senior editor and uh, pro wrestler, Nick Santangelo. That's right. Brother, I don't really have anything clever to say about brother? That. It's like champ is here. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry, yeah. I'm not a wrestling fan. Uh, what? Oh, we really need to talk about your employment status after this. <laughs> <laughs> after this, though, Everybody we need just... you for this podcast. Yeah. We'll hey, talk about my that. farewell podcast. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> we'll just tag it as that later if that's you know what it comes down to. <laughs> Everybody knows Hogan, man. Brother. Yeah, I know Hogan. Of course, I know who he is. Of course. You know who he is, but that you don't know who he is. You it's know, okay. Rob, shut up about wrestling, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, and this is MASHcast number 12. Uh, and you guys are actually really lucky that we're actually even here because we managed to pull ourselves away from our nice, shiny Google Plus you know, profiles that it we got a hold easy. of. It's so new, and it's not Facebook, so I love it. About Facebook, I'm done with that. <laughs> well, I'll still be, I'll still be on the uh, the Masters button page, but personally, um, yeah, that's I'm glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's just get right into it. Let's uh, do our normal thing, Nick. What you been playing? I've been playing Trench. Getting near the end of that game is pretty awesome. We need to get together and play the final final level on that. I think that's where we're up to now. Uh, I've also been playing Portal 2 Co-op. I finally finished Portal 2 Co-op. Had the game since it came out. Finally finished it. Yes, I know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> was that, that was Jess clapping in the background? No, yes. Yeah. That was you. Okay. <laughs> that was Unless Jess that was like, her too. Unless we both no, did. It would be wrong. kind of amazing. No. <laughs> For those who don't know, he's referring to a fellow staff writer. Jess Weimer and uh, my girlfriend, we beat it together. Other than that, Halo Reach, been playing that as usual. And I broke out Donkey Kong Country Returns on Wii, which I haven't played in forever. And uh, I don't know why. It's an awesome game. I just kind of stopped playing it, started playing other things, but finally got back into that. Here's and a hint. 
It's because it requires you to turn your Wii on. Oh, yeah. that's it. Just Just <laughs> that is that is that is the reason, actually. <laughs> I, I've proven it, you know. <laughs> but uh what did you think of that Portal Two co op ending? It was it just kinda ended. You think I it was, just kinda ended? Yeah, it was just I, I kinda wanted more to be honest. Oh, okay. I, I, I like the credits. Player. I thought that was the <laughs> I mean I wanted more when the single player finished, but I mean you have to admit it was kind of like a pretty well put together, especially for a co op. No, it was. I'm not saying it was bad at all. No, it, it was good. I was just kind of like, oh, oh, there's that's it. It's over now. Oh, but I expected it to be over because she said once we open that door, <laughs> you know, the, what she told you what was behind it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it, I mean, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat, and I had a lot of fun playing the game. Of course, it's a great game. You know, yeah. I mean, when something like just ends, like. Modern Warfare 2 just ended. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into it. We talked about this beforehand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's just ending. Yeah, first Assassin's Creed just ended. You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little bit that's different. True. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. All right. A lot worse. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, what you been playing? Uh, let's see. I've been playing uh, Alice Madness Returns. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I can't really say much more than that. I'm not terribly far, but it's it's a good, you know, little action platformer. So it's I'm fine with it. Um, I've also been playing the Magic: The Gathering, uh, not the new game that just came out, but I guess last year's game or maybe the year I don't know which year it came out, but um, it was free on PlayStation Plus and. God bless PlayStation Plus for giving me free things that I would never have otherwise paid money for. Um, it's enjoyable. I, as somebody who played Magic for a long time through high school, uh, and probably I, I still have cards sitting in an attic somewhere, uh, it it captures the game really well. Like, and it actually does a way better job of explaining it than playing the actual card game ever did. Like, it's really clear on rules. You're not like, oh my god, I don't understand what the hell is going on. Sometimes. <laughs> With certain cards at the you know, with certain cards at the field, so uh, that's good. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, and then I've also been taking a trip back down memory lane and playing my PS2, uh, playing Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, and that has got to be the most fun game ever, ever. I mean, it amazes me how far friggin' uh, prototype fell from that. I mean, made by the same team with the same concept, and just didn't even get close to being that much fun. So that's that's all. That's all I've been there playing. There were just way too many um, infinitely spawning enemies in Prototype. But they were in. It's the same way in Hulk. There's you could fight things all the all day long, all the time. But it just wasn't fun reason, in Prototype, Hulk though. Just, yeah, Hulk captured it being fun. Like there was literally nothing. I mean, I. I really can't even think of a game where I was just had so much just unadulterated. Ha, 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 ha. Just Is that how you do it every time? <laughs> when you run up a skyscraper and then do an elbow drop off that skyscraper down onto a tank, you will make that noise every time too. <laughs> every single time. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't understand how they kind of lost that fun. I think it's kind of, kind of because they tried to get too serious because Prototype was like, I'm taking myself very seriously right now. Whereas Hulk was like, I, it even still had a story, but you know, that made sense, but it was over the top. 
and didn't it just didn't take that like oh we're gonna be dark and heavy and er so I don't know just a good time and it's it's nice to play it again so what about you Jared <laughs> well as always actually you know what I'm not even gonna mention StarCraft two anymore because you can expect that I've played StarCraft two at least once in the week. Yeah, okay. like how Nick plays, you know, Halo. Halo yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I just, it's I like it's like know. cocaine for me. I can only go so long without having it. Okay, <laughs> so StarCraft Two. This is the last time you hear me say it. Um, I beat Bad Company Two finally, which that game is just—it's awesome, awesome, awesome game. The only thing that I didn't like actually was not in the game. At the end of the game, uh, I don't even know. You know what? I'm not gonna ruin it. I'm not gonna ruin it. But let's just say the, happened, yeah. the story, um, the story takes a familiar turn at the end. I'm just gonna say that. All right. So the story takes a familiar turn that I don't want to see a trend of. I don't want to see a whole bunch of games like that ending taking place. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody, so I'm not gonna say it. So yeah, I've been playing that. Uh, well, I played that, and of course I'm still playing the multiplayer. But I was focused on the single player. I got so desperate to play a shooter. Um, that I hadn't already beat, so I went back and beat Modern Warfare 2, and sadly it was better than Black Ops, I realized, once I finished playing through it. Um, so Treyarch hasn't come as far as I thought they have. Um, and other than that, I did play Dead Block, a new XBLA game. It's a zombie game, and it's like, you it's supposed to be mostly about co-op, and each character has like a specialty... Like, some characters can build stuff, can block windows and build traps and do certain things with certain weapons. Um, all together, it made, me fl- it made me sleepy. The whole demo just made me sleepy. So I was just like, I'm not even going to bother with this game. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, short and sweet this time. <laughs> well, to a degree, anyway. <laughs> Shortish and sweet-ish. Shortish and uh, sweetish. There you go, Nick. That's why Nick's on the podcast. You're hired. So. Sweet, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> Rehired. <laughs> Tune in for my Welcome Back podcast next week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's go into the topics. Uh, the first topic we have, uh, this actually, the news about this came out while we were recording the podcast last week, and so we didn't add it in to the, uh, you know, to the actual podcast exactly yeah oh right weekly now is not to do what we had been doing bi-weekly which was keeping you listening for two and a half hours yeah exactly (laughs) so basically what's happened is well you know a lot of people heard the news that team fortress 2 is now free to play um which uh, that's a good thing because it gets more people into tf2 to a degree. Now, what's actually been happening is uh, there was a mod developed because even though TF2 is free to play, um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but with free to play games, most of those servers are managed by the actual, um, you know, uh, developer or publisher. They're managed internally. With TF2, it's been retail for so long. Even well, it's just a Valve thing, or it was a PC thing at one point to make it so that the all the the dedicated servers were hosted privately for the most part. So uh, a mod came out called uh, Free to be Kicked. And basically what it does is you can put it on your private server, which when I say private server, it doesn't mean you need to have a password or anything to connect to it. It just means it's not owned by Valve. Uh, so 
basically they put the mod on, and anybody who has a free-to-play copy of TF2 will instantly be banned from that server. You cannot play on that server. So it's segregating the community um, from people who have not played the game, oh, sorry, who have who bought the game retail. And right, who just early adopters, or prior adopters, I guess, because it's not even necessarily about being early, it's just about being before that announcement. Exactly. Yeah, it's been out for what, like four years now or something? 2007, uh, yeah, so, so yep. four years, yeah. Um, so yeah, and everybody who's free to play is being, I guess, kicked off of those servers. I mean, there's plenty of other servers to play on. So it's not like they have nowhere to go. It's just that um, with those community servers, I can tell you firsthand, that's where some of the best stuff is. You find some of the best mods, uh, the best uh, like custom maps, like all that stuff. Like There's so many more maps available to you playing on a private server because Valve is on, on their servers. They're only, even though they do have a, a lot of maps on their servers, uh, the community has built many more, and that's what you'll find on the private servers along with everything else and other mods like voting and stuff like that. Um, now, to be fair, you to get if you got the free-to-play copy of TF2, to get around this, if you were to purchase... A single thing? A single item on the, on the Manco store, you would then be able to validate yourself on these servers. And that's not something that happened by accident. The actual developer coded that into it because the developer says it is possible for him to ban anybody who just has a free-to-play copy. Okay, because they, there are, they are different. Um, there, is, there are differences that they can detect. Just like um, when Portal went free-to-play, there's certain mods that won't work with free-to-play Portal that work with uh, Retail Portal. In fact, wasn't it Valve mod? Like some Valve mods won't work with it too? Yeah, some Valve mods wouldn't work with it. Yeah, so, mm. you know... There are differences that are noticeable, and the, the development community can pick up on that stuff. Um, now, in terms of how the, how the community feels about this, I think the the I haven't because I I am a member of the TF2 community. I actively play Team Fortress 2. I have not heard of any complaints of this mod because everybody that I I know when I play with, we paid retail for it. It doesn't affect us. Right. And, Everybody's been playing. I mean, like, even as late as I got on the boat, like, I still paid for it. So I'm still part of that same, you know, like, it doesn't affect you if you already paid for it. So you're not going to be mad that you're not getting flooded with new people who are either, you know, using it maybe to unsavory ends or grief people or things of that nature or, you know, that are just new and... Yeah, Don't nobody who paid for it is going to complain, obviously. Yeah, right. but the thing is, I mean, I am for the mod because Team Fortress is, it's one of those games where a noob or two can ruin your entire experience because it's so team-based. Like, when you have somebody who jumps in, like a lot of these free-to-play players do or new or really new people do, um, they just kind of jump in and they play, but they don't necessarily play their part. Like, I'll see people with sniper rifles running to the front of the lines. Now, I mean, you can do that because I've done it before, but I can play offensive sniper well. If you're new to the game and you try to do that, you're just going to get killed, first of all. And second of all, you're just somebody who's not doing anything. You're not helping the team. You know, so people who are new typically don't know how to play their positions very well, and they don't know how to assist, like a medic running into a middle of a field, shooting his nail gun at somebody instead of healing somebody. You know what I'm saying? Um, which it happens. And as a player who's been playing for a while, like that really ruins my experience when I go into like a server. Let's say I just hop into a server, and there's a whole bunch of noobs running around. 
it kind of that ruins the experience. I don't stay there for very long, and it, it gets on my nerves. And you know, there's always noobs in games. Always, you know, you can't really help that. There's always going to be somebody new, no matter how long the game is out. Well, unless you're playing Counter Strike 1.6, but there's always <laughs> going to be somebody, you know, somebody new. But the problem here is that now the new people are just coming in droves. Like there are just so many noobs. Like, yes, it does get more people playing the game, which is cool. But the problem is now your servers are filling up with noobs. You're running out of slots for your servers because they're filled up with noobs and people just shooting rockets and shit all over the place. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know that was meant to be funny, but it came off hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, mean, that's the truth. Like, I'm sorry, like, like, because some people are like, for a lot of the free-to-play players are demanding that Valve ban the mod, but that just goes to show that they don't really know how the community works here at Team Fortress 2. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is yeah. a mod for private servers. If they don't want you on the server, get out! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go find another server. And that that's it. Like, you, like, you know, and the thing is, it's not. They could have just made it so that you you were totally banned, but they didn't. They made it so that all you have to do is buy one item from the Manco store, one item, because that would show at least some dedication to the game, you know, rather than somebody hopping in free to play and then like you know, goofing around, you know, shooting sticky bombs in places where they shouldn't be, you know. That that's how I feel about it. I like the mod. I like the idea because it preserves my gameplay, and it may sound selfish. But that's the way it is. No, I understand. I, I wouldn't want somebody jumping into a shooter that I play that has no idea what they're doing, like getting in my way and crap. Especially if it's obviously, like you said, it's because it's objective based in Team Fortress and it, it teamwork is so crucial. It's just one person, I'm sure, it could just mess it up royally. Yeah. And I mean, in games like that, like, that's why I don't think Battlefield free to play is going to do very well. I don't think, um, uh, well, that's why I think Battlefield Heroes didn't do as well as it probably could have. Um, not that they were, like, great games that were ruined by being free-to-play because a whole bunch of people just, like, you know, got into it. But these are games that rely heavily on teamwork. You know what I'm saying? And with a free-to-play game, you have so many people coming in and out. You have the You have the new people, of course, who may just get better, but then you have a whole bunch of people who come in and then, because they don't have certain items, they you know they may get smacked around, or their experience may not be the best, and so therefore they don't come back. And that happens a lot, you know. what I'm saying there's a lot of people who play games, you know, or they yeah. just don't, yeah, go ahead. It's not good for the new people either. It's really not because now they're playing with people that've been playing the game for you know up to four years and are clearly going to be like exponentially better at it than they are, and they they're just going to have a crummy experience too. And like, well, this game sucks. Why has everybody been talking this thing up so much? I'm never playing this again. I mean, it makes it really makes sense to me that they should be segregated in the beginning, at, at least until they, you know, have enough experience built up that they know what they're doing, and then everybody has a better experience when yeah. playing the game. Yeah, I, th- I do think Valve should have, you know, it would have been helpful for the new people to put them on their own, like make Some free sort to of play introductory servers. Yeah, area free to play, free to play servers, uh, you know, so they can actually get to learn how to play the game. Because like when you're like you know modern warfare fanboy and you come over to TF2, it's a different, it's a different beast. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's like you know, why can't I nuke the map? You know, <laughs> it's not like that. But where's the airstrike button? 
Yeah, exactly. Where are my perks? God! (laughs) You know, so. Um, But yeah, but that's what's been happening. Actually, the developer of the mod himself says that he doesn't necessarily think it's it's a really good thing to ban the free-to-play players, but he thinks there should be a barrier to entry. Um, You know, because, you know, the rest of us have paid for the game and now a lot of these free to play people are ruining the they're going to ruin the experience you know which i have to say you may be saying but Jared how do you know if this mod's been out when TF2 went free to play i played it okay i played it with the free to play people and my expectations were met with people running around you know bouncing grenades off the wall and not hitting a single person you know, not knowing what they're doing, and it, like, kind of ruins the experience, like, when I'm trying to, like, snipe down a hall, and then some, you know, some, some, some smack tar just walks in my way, you know what I'm saying, like, it's just, it really, really, it ends up being bad for the player, so, um, I don't mind it, <laughs> but so, the free-to-play people do, but, um, yeah, that's all I had to say about that. And I I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, like, on the fence a little bit. I guess I feel kind of the same way the guy who did the mod uh, did. I don't necessarily disagree with people having their own private servers, being able to ban whoever, because you can ban whoever anyway. Um, It's just a duller way to do it if you don't want, you know, people clogging up your server, you know, because you feel like they're going to be terrible or whatever the case is. Um, You know, it's... uh, you know, uh, it, you know that's fine. It's your server. You can do that. You know, as long as it's not like affecting public servers, then I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I guess like my thing is like there should be a barrier. But like, does that barrier mean like I paid twenty bucks and you didn't, or you know whatever the cost was? You know, is that is that enough of a barrier? Because there's people who paid twenty bucks that still suck at the game. It's just that there were less of them before, and I guess like that. I guess maybe the main the main difference. Um, so I don't necessarily disagree that like you know people should be able to like have that kind of segregation. But I've definitely you know before the free to play went down, definitely been in matches where you know people were acting like smack tards <laughs> and then doing you know just running around doing all sorts of craziness and like that was on private servers. In fact, some people on private servers are some like you know the laziest douche tards because the they're either you know people who are paid sponsors or whatever so they just they, they don't even actually care about playing the game anymore they're just you know it's just about like how much you can just get away with and grief people and you know act silly um and then you you know you have people who actually play it as you know the team experience it's supposed to be i i guess like i guess my thing is like i would really have to see like how many people have joined all of a sudden or like that if there was some way to tell somebody as a free to play person free to play person versus a regular person aside from just you know them being outright banned because i mean it's the same as anything else like people who play it and stick with it are going to get better because not everybody was good when they started in fact nobody's really that great when they start i was awesome when i started Well, I mean, you could be generally good at a shooter, but like it still requires nuance and figuring out, you know, the whole team aspect and, you know, the role each job plays and all their kind of crazy specialties. So, you know, everybody like has like a point where they they, they do get better. So, you know, it kind of sucks. I mean, but it, at the same time, you could think about it and say that anybody who sticks with it that long that's free to play is probably going to get sucked up into like, you know, getting stuff. 
you know so i don't know i mean it it kind of i like i guess the one thing i wonder is if you know if it does ban you you know even if you go buy something then and try and re-enter it does your ban lift or does it stay on you know since you already were free to play when you went in before you know maybe you didn't know or you just didn't have any idea so that's the only thing that i wonder about if there was some way that you know, you might get banned because you're free to play, but then you stick with the game long enough or you just go and buy stuff on the Manco store that it, then you're fine, you know, even in the server that you got banned from previously. I would say I wouldn't have any issue with it. Yeah. Because then, okay, then that, all right, then that's your barrier. Yeah, even if you buy something that's $2, then that's your barrier for entry. If that's, you know, how you feel about it, then that's fine. But I just don't, I don't know how I feel about people getting, like, permanently banned off of, you know, servers, and not ever being able to, you know, not not saying never game being able to get back in, but like, what prerogative does anybody have to let somebody in? They got banned before when they were free to play, and now they're not. But like, you don't know them because you never played with them, so you don't really care <laughs> if they ever get back in your server or not. I mean, I guess it's not that big a thing in like the long run, but I guess that's just how I, like I see it. Like if that if that one little factor could be like fixed or whatever or or i could you know know one way or the other how that works then i'd, I'd probably feel differently about it well i know it's not a it's not a perma ban it's a temp ban so that's the thing it's it's not a perma ban um i just you know when you come in they do the check you get kicked for a certain amount of time and if you come back in after that time you could just get kicked again so um but yeah so we're, we're gonna we're gonna step off of that one because there's not too much yeah. more to say about that. No, uh, it, it is what it is. It is, and it's gonna stay there. It's gonna. Oh stay yeah, I, I, I think that Valve's silence speaks all the volumes that you need to know that, that like they're not necessarily gonna say like, "Hey, great job, guys." But I mean, like we even said about Portal, you know, the Portal going free, you know, when it was free to play, like some of their own mods didn't work with the free version. So yeah. I think it's going to stay in place. So Yeah, they're just stepping back and letting this thing play itself out. And that's the way it should be. Small government. Thank you. <laughs> that's how it should be. But, um... So that's well, that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, we're going to move on to the next topic, which is more Team Bondi. But uh, actually, this one's not about their employees per se. Uh, this one is about their relationship with Rockstar. And uh, basically, Rockstar is saying that they're not going to work with Team Bondi again. Or I should say sources are reporting that Rockstar are not going to work with Team Bondi again. Um, the relationship between Rockstar and Team Bondi were... Uh, not the greatest <laughs> we can say like uh from what uh and of course the articles are going to be in the show notes but uh from what you know this uh GameSpot article says it says that the uh you know rockstar originally they were they were going to try to make team bondi like their you know rockstar their, their sydney. rockstar sydney and then you know over time working with team bondi and the management um yeah that just didn't that didn't work out uh it looks like they really didn't find a place with rockstar there Um, i think rockstar just saw potential in the game and rather than let it just kind of like go away they saw something that they could fill a slot with i mean you know you're talking about well i guess really when you think about how much time it's been under wraps anyway like how long how many years was it still under wraps even after rockstar picked it up was it I mean, what, was Sony, with Sony for like what three years, or was it less than that? Uh, or was, was it more? It, it's something like that, man. I, I mean, I remember they did they announced the game like even before the current gen consoles were out, didn't they? 
Well, I don't I know. I thought they announced before, it like way but it was back. around. It was it was early though. So I, I mean, thought like, it was like way back when. Like Sony was like, "This is going to be one of the big things." Why I mean, you get it the was PS3? definitely like yeah, it was like a premiere thing. Like it, it definitely was. It, it wasn't like before they came out, but it was definitely around like you know the first E three when those came around. So um, I mean, I, I think three years is right. But if that's if that's true, that's four more years when. Yeah. It was still under Rockstar's umbrella. So, I mean, even the, I guess the thought, my original thought was that, you know, they saved it because they, you know, saw potential. And since they had Red Dead and they didn't really necessarily have anything after that, they saw a slot they could fill. But that's not even true because it was 40 years. <laughs> so, yeah, really, but I, I guess that worked out, though, Rob. It did. I guess that worked out because it, it just, just that happened way. that they had nothing else coming this year because that's kind of how rockstar operates every once in a while they bring out super huge mega game that sells millions and millions of copies and they don't hear from for a while they go dark until the next one comes out yeah i mean that's that is the way they function but it's i mean i I think they're trying to not necessarily like just make sequels all the time but like trying to have like a more consistent approach because you know everybody everybody's looking to make money yeah uh, I, i like rockstar's approach to it more than say like Activision or EA or some of their <laughs> other competitors, I, right. I I like the way they do things with that much better than a lot of other major publishers in the industry. But a- anyways, getting getting back to the whole Team Bonnie thing, yeah, clearly there's there's some serious disdain here for each other. I mean, it, it's really kind of shocking a little bit. Not after what we what we heard the other week about you know all the nonsense that happened within Team Bonnie, but if you remember right after L.A. Noir came out. Rockstar had, I think it was like an investors meeting. Where they came out and said, "This is a really strong product, LA Noir, and we think we can turn this into another, like repeated, um, like an IP that we can bring out repeated right. sequels to." And now, like, I mean, it may still happen. They're just saying, like, for now, we're not publishing any team bonding games. But it, yeah, you know, the future looks pretty grim, and it's a, it goes both ways because McNamara, Brendan McNamara, for those who don't know, who's the uh, the leader of Team Bondi. Uh, this is a quote in response to how he was treated by Rockstar. This is so well. Supposedly, this is from an email that he sent to one person and accidentally, you know, hit send. Well, all. he sent it to the office. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He meant to send it to one person and hit send all. He said, "I'll never forget being treated like an absolute radio edit by these people." It's a four-letter word. Yeah, <laughs> probably something that comes, you know. From the wrong end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was in regards to, I guess, the original logo had, for L.A. Noir had Team Bondi in there somewhere. And which, I mean, it's been development so long, I don't even remember at this point. But apparently that was the case. And Rockstar, like, the last minute was like, yeah, you know, we're just going to take out that Team Bondi logo and uh, just move well, ahead without for, it. It was for promo stuff. But you know what? Like... When you think about it, like from a from a business standpoint, like Rockstar, how wrong were they? You know, Rockstar, it, it, it makes more sense for Rockstar's name to be front and center because then people are like, oh my god, it's like the next Grand Theft Auto or the next Reddit or or whatever the case is. You know, it's yeah. But I think like name nobody knew who Team Bondi was. I don't want to say nobody, but com- comparatively speaking. Right. So they weren't there weren't any kind of a household name aside from you know being heard of four years beforehand or whenever or i mean that's considering whenever they actually put out the promo material um back when you know it was under ps3 so but i think that the main part about this is that i mean number one you know number one like how 
like how much it shows that there were there were tensions and it wasn't just on an employee level but it shows that there were problems with management because that is that seems to be the story it's not just that like they're like oh it didn't do well enough so we're not gonna pick it up it's that there were so many problems and trying to steer the ship towards putting a game out that didn't well suck (laughs) and yeah and that, that most of the problems were with management and we heard the same thing from employees that Brandon McNamara was the one parading around like, you know, like a dictator. I kind of see a pattern here. And that's my that's the only thing I really see that I'm like, yeah, OK, then it, it lends more credence to what the employees said before. So I'm not really surprised to see it. Yeah, it's very consistent. We didn't even say, but basically the whole thing is that they looked at it and they're saying like these guys this is no way to run a studio this is insane they're completely disorganized everybody's fighting all the time they're, they're working way over time but that's basically the story Rockstar not publishing the next Team Bondi game what do we have up next Jared? Uh, the next thing we got up here is the PSN Pass uh, information that you know we, we recently learned that PSN Pass has been confirmed for Resistance 3 and what that means for what that means for people who are buying the game new, that means when you pop open the case, there's going to be a, a, a little piece of paper in there that's going to have a code. You're going to have to put that in and activate it if you want to access the online functionality. Um, what that means for people who buy it used, it means you probably spend an additional 10 maybe $15 uh, on a used game if you want the online functionality. That's what that means. Uh, now, in terms of online functionality, I don't think this is limited to multiplayer. Now, there hasn't been a, a whole bunch of information released on it yet, but it, it, I don't think it's necessarily limited to, you know, just multiplayer. This is probably uh, going to go with getting DLC as well. Like, I know some games uh, that have been... Because this, this isn't the first time we've seen technology like this. There's been other... EA is actually... How many games have they included in so far? I know it was a Mass Effect um, 2, right? What yeah. other games? Well, yeah, because they, they had the Cerberus. The Cerberus Yeah, the network. Cerberus on there. Yeah, there was like... Uh, Medal that, of Honor had it. Um, a Dirt 3 had it. Yeah. And, like, I don't... Like, I believe the code... Like, if you don't pop the code in, um, you can't get DLC as well. So... You know, well, yeah, for Mass or yeah, Mass Effect, it definitely was like that for the like the Cerberus and stuff. Um, yeah. so, you couldn't get like the extra character. You can you basically couldn't download DLC. You had to get it to get anything extra for the game. And more than likely, I would assume like uh, you know for stuff because you know EA is big into their own stat tracking now with battle log and auto log, so they'd probably lose access to that stuff too. This is speculation, folks. This has not been confirmed. Like I said, no, this is ironclad. <laughs> we are the law. <laughs> we make the news here to match those buttons. Yeah, <laughs> Sony listens to our podcast, and that's how they just make the. Oh, they totally do. Oh yeah, I don't listen to all of them though because we come up with some good ideas, and I, I've never gotten any emails about you know doing any doing any marketing for them. <laughs> Plausible deniability, Rob. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Now, personally. I am for the PSN Pass because, um, you know, we had a podcast about this before and we mentioned that used game sales are probably, well, they're definitely, they're more uh, destructive than piracy. Uh, So, you know, with the developers getting more money from used games, I'm all about that because that, 
is going to stop certain behaviors. Like I think the entire reason DLC is the way it is right now, which don't don't get it twisted, don't be mistaken. DLC was made with the game and then cut off of it so it could be sold separately. Okay, that's the way DLC works now. Maybe not in the beginning when DLC used to come out months after, but like now with DL, with with a game coming out in May and DS a DLC coming out in June. You know that or day one DLC. Yeah, I mean that's even that's an even more telling. You know, I mean, you know, something coming out the next month is pretty telling too. But I mean, how many games? I mean, I can't even name games. It'd probably be better off naming games that didn't have DLC that was day one. Yeah, especially like for pre-order bonuses because that stuff still counts because they eventually release it as you know stuff you pay for. But I mean, it's if you're if they're giving it to somebody day one, it was already programmed in the game. It's yeah, not something it's like extra. they're not even like, trying to hide it at that point either. It's right. just like here it is. Yep, we did it. So, Come on, you know you want to buy it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> a it's a pretty problem. You do thing. because you're weak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, behaviors like that started not you know they came to be. Because of lost money on on like you know used games, like the developers don't see that at all. Only GameStop, Best Buy, Amazon, GameFly does. So if this is going to get the devs more money, or who or the even the publishers more money, you know, I am totally okay with that. You know, I'd rather them get a cut of of you know a resale a resale of their game. You know what I'm saying? So I am pro uh, P- PSN Pass, and I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft followed suit, or even more developers and publishers followed suit. I thought when EA started doing that, that Activision would definitely start doing it, um, which they still might. But I do think I am pro PSN Pass, and I'm Jared Redding, and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not I'm really pro, but mm. I buy like 99% of my games new anyways, so I. I don't hate the idea of it. I just I, I understand sometimes people just don't have the money to buy all the games, all the games new and whatnot. And I, I have some sympathy for that, but at the same time, you're right. It's like from the developer and the publisher's point of view, they put all this time and money and effort into it. So you know, I understand they want to recoup that and make a profit because this is a business. But I'm sorry, Rob. Go ahead. I cut you off. No, oh, that's fine. I actually, I, in that that time, in that respect of uh, people not having enough money. I mean, I on certain levels, I get it. I get not having enough money, but I think that the more that time goes on, and the fact that gaming has matured so much, that it's not that that is kind of an excuse now, more so than it is, uh, you know, than it is like a real factor. The, I think that it's more along the lines of people you know, deciding that they can't be without something. Because, you know, when I was a kid, if you couldn't get, like, if you didn't have money to get something, guess what? You just didn't have it. <laughs> That's the way it was. It, went outside it, yeah. and played with a stick. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you got, you, you scraped together, you got what you could, and you enjoyed it, and you played it, and, it, you know, that was it. I mean, even when it came to games or whatever the case it was. So, I think a lot of it now with like, oh, I don't have enough money. It's not, I don't have enough money to buy this because I, you know, I just can't buy it or because, you know, I can't afford to buy any games or I can, you know, I need to pick one out of two games for this year. I think it's that I can't, I don't have enough money to buy every game. So like, I don't see that. Like, to me, that's not, that's not a good excuse anymore. You know, like I get like people, you know, wanting to save a buck because, you know, time stuff, 
blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, I'm not unsympathetic, but I just like I don't buy that like that as a core argument anymore. Uh, but anyway, getting the, getting back to I guess the main part of it is that um, I'm not I'm not against it because it does put more money in the developer's pocket. I think my only problem with it is that when you have a situation like like me personally, like you know me and my fiance, I mean. We've got two PS3s. Like we've spent money on games. <laughs> like we we buy games. We buy stuff. If we get a copy of Mass Effect Two, and you know I want to play, you know I play play my play through my ver, you know play through my game, and I enter that passcode for Cerberus, she doesn't get it. You know, like or at least not on her profile. Which kind of defeats the purpose because you can't like it doesn't it doesn't cross over it's not like it's a linked account or anything like that they don't they don't have that capability so if she wants to play the game and get the full experience that I've gotten or vice versa somebody's got a pony up for a Cerberus even though we did buy it new you know and and that's the way we buy all of our games now like I don't I don't buy anything used anymore I think that had a side effect of not working at GameStop <laughs> but um but uh you know it's to me it's like that that kind of sucks but how often does that happen you know like usually it's like one of us wants the game more than the other so like the other one not having a pass doesn't really affect it but i do think that kind of stinks when you're a parent and you're buying it for your kids i mean not necessarily resistance three but i'm sure that'll happen too but you know both your kids want to play but they want they get their own achievements they want to play on their own profiles because you know their kills deaths all that fun stuff especially when you're talking about multiplayer online that's kind of a factor because like that's somebody who is trying to like kind of save save a buck but they're you know they're willing to buy the new game but they're not gonna buy two copies for each of their you know a copy for each of their kids yeah but, there's like, something to be said for that because my girlfriend gonna, out of the same way man right like, why are you why gonna are come home buy? why are you gonna buy it for 60 dollars? come home and then still need to pay another 10 dollars, 15 dollars for a pass for the other person even though you did the right thing and bought it new I, that's literally my only problem with the psn pass so you know that's that's my piece on it. Like I I wish there was a way to kind of like link an account or whatever the case may be. You know, it, you're still giving money to the people that money needs to be given to, but there should be like a limit <laughs> where you don't have to kind of get raked over the coals for doing the right thing. You know. So. Well, I mean that situation that you're describing, and I mean that's I mean it happens, but it's rare. You know. Um and, and and to get really, really technical, and then I'm going to move on, when you buy a game, you're buying a license for one. That's true, but you're buying a license for use, like, you know, kind of like in your home. It's kind of like a movie. You could show a movie to your family without having to buy a copy for each person. I feel the same way. I feel the games are the same way. It's kind of you know? crap that they do that. I mean, they do do it, so it it's true. You bought that license, not the game. But it, it's like it's like you buy a car and then, like, uh, your girlfriend can't drive the car. I'm sorry, you don't actually own the car. You just own permission to drive the car. You personally, but, cars, but unfortunately, that's the way it is. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like I feel that it it works in the same manner. You know, like that license is a license for you to bring that game home and play it. If you wanted to play Street Fighter against a friend, you don't both have to have a copy of that game. You only need to have a copy of it, even though that license is for one game. You, I don't know the playability. Like it's still sitting in the same place with the same, you know, in the same house. Sometimes in the same system, you know, you kind of got to, I guess, consider the fact that there's multiple profiles, things of that nature. I don't know a way around it. I don't know a good way around it. 
Exactly. I don't think they necessarily have to because, I mean, this is the way software has been handled for decades now. So I, I guess I'm just used to it. Like, okay, that's that's the reality. Like, for example, um, I buy Photoshop, right? I can install it on two PCs. Boom, that's it. I can only install on two PCs. If I try to activate it on a third, and even if I call Adobe and say, hey, I got it on two PCs, they're all of my laptops. They're going to say, sorry, we can't help you. You know what I'm saying? I think I, maybe I just think that way because the field that I'm in and I deal with licensing and you know stuff like that all the time. There's but something that, to be said for that, but it, but isn't it a little different there where it's just like it's just on your computer and just where you're saying just everybody can play, it, whereas it's just like it's just a disc. You know, it's different than installing on a console game. It's the yeah, same. I mean, it's the it, same it's, thing. Though. It's very similar, on the same. Yeah, but, but on the same to- uh, on the same token, though, uh, and this, I mean, we're not gonna. I don't want to go on with this too long. But if you have multiple users on a single computer and you have that Adobe installed, all those users can use it. Yeah, that's true. So if you use the if same, have, PA, if you use the same, play, but it's uh, not ma- true. If you see the Mass Effect disc on the PS3, on the same PS3, you can everybody can use that Mass Effect disc. You can use the you can use the disc. That's fine. But if I have a different profile from her, or you know, we both have different accounts on the same PS3, you can't use that. You can't use that pass for both. That's I think and I get, that, that's more more my point. Like I mean, we don't always play on separate PS3s. A lot of the time, we, we play on the same single PS3, but we have both of our accounts on both PS3s. If I take that pass, you know, regardless of what PS3 I'm on, as, as long as my profile is on there, I can play with that pass. But even though it's in the same, they're both in the same house, or even if we're on the same system, we just have two profiles. That same license doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have that same effect as when you have it on a computer. That's I think a lot of the I, issue to, there lies to me, with Sony it's a real issue. But I mean, I guess like you're not wrong, but to me, it gets an issue that somehow should be addressed. But it's a difficult one to address. The more immediate is. How do we stop people from buying used games and really screwing this crap up for us? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I agree with it on that in that respect, you know, because people who do want to play the online multiplayer and stuff like that will either just go ahead and pony up for a new copy or buy it on Amazon or pre order it because there's, there's too many deals now, too. Also, like, when you talk about Newegg and Amazon and Steam and basically any place that isn't GameStop where you can get stuff on sale the day one as long as you're willing to buy a day one or you know within the first couple of days or whatever the case may be so you would be getting it for the same price that GameStop would sell it for used or Best Buy would sell it for used anyway so that you're why not if you're if you're actually willing to buy the game but if you're just trying to be cheap for the sake of being cheap and you want to get the entire experience out of it well you're you you did something for the sake of being cheap so you don't get the whole experience sorry so like I understand that it's just that, like, personally, you know, and, you know, even Nick and other people that I know, it's an issue that, you know, it, it has, like, real, pl- you know, plausibility where, you know, like, that kind of sucks if we both want to enjoy the game, you know. You don't have to, you know, not even at the same time, but. Yeah, what I was going to say there, Rob, I'll just say this real quick because uh, I know we've gone on on this for quite some time now. But I, I think a lot of the issue there lies in Microsoft and Sony didn't really think too hard when they were creating like the Xbox Live and the PlayStation Network about, hey, what if somebody else in the house wants to play this thing on their own profile? How's that going to work cross-functionally yeah. across other games and profiles? I, I think I'd, that's an issue I'd really like to see fixed by the time they launch their next consoles. Some some more open... Uh, um, I don't know how to wear that. So More open abilities to go back and forth between games and profiles. 
Yeah, linking, you know, just linking games and stuff. Like, I understand, like, not, like, having a save file that transfers that, you know, doesn't unlock every single achievement for that player because it doesn't work. That's fine. But stuff like the pass, especially when you're talking, like, it's PlayStation doing it themselves, there needs to be something, you know. But you're right. I mean, when you're talking about third-party, you know, publishers, they're not going to, like, that's not their job to figure out how to how yeah. to link. Their job is to figure out how to make sure that people buy it new so that they keep money where it's supposed to yeah. be. So. It just so happens that it's Sony doing it in this case, but so <laughs> well, the, the thing about this, there's really only one way to fix that situation, and I don't. It's basically to bind it to the console, which would fix your situation, which would totally fix what you're doing or what right. your, what your problem is. The problem is if your console breaks, breaks, then all of a sudden you're screwed. Because that's what happens with people with the Wii. Like if you you know, um, your Wii breaks. And then you know, you pretty much all of your all of your games were binded to that Wii. Now Nintendo is nice enough to move that stuff for you. Like it can move the you know it can actually move that stuff in their system so that you can rebuy it. Microsoft's not so nice. I've had to deal with their customer support on a couple of issues, and uh, yeah, 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 not, they, not the best yeah. place to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's I mean they. And I think there's other ways around it, but I mean, like, that's not even, like, I guess, like, the place for time for it. I think that they just do need to be looked into. Not necessarily this generation, it's kind of too late for that, <laughs> but if it, yeah. if it's something that's going to continue, you have to think about that, too, because you have people that are, you know, buying things for their family. They have, you have people that, you know, both game, because guess what? Girls game, too. <laughs> you know, not 50%, no as we've already discussed, but, you know, girls <laughs> game, too, so, you know, it's not just the guys that are playing or just the girls that are playing, like, sometimes people, you know, they both play or they both want to play the same game so future anyway that kind of got on so let's move on <laughs> yeah we'll move on to some ubisoft news well it's not really ubisoft news it was a statement that ubisoft made it's uh, limitations that's weird didn't we yeah. just talk about that <laughs> yeah. ubisoft feels limited by the current generation consoles and most of the time when you hear that like uh, my first thought when i saw the headline was that they were talking about graphics which i'm like i agree because console graphics right now in terms of like for PC console graphics are like two three generations behind um so I, that's what I was thinking but then they uh they kind of flipped it on me and they were actually talking about AI which um just just to, for sake of clearing it up for anybody who doesn't know what that is that means artificial intelligence and I'm really sorry if you don't understand what that means I just you, you just learned that for the first time right now <laughs> but um yeah, why are you playing games? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, that was my thought. It's the computer player. There you go. And why are you that into games that you were listening to a podcast about games and you don't know what AI is? <laughs> but, anyways, for that yeah. guy who's out there somewhere, now he knows. Yeah, now he knows. You can thank me for your upgrade. You're SAT welcome, buddy. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, yeah, so they were talking that they were feeling limited by the current generation hardware. Um, you know, they were saying to make more realistic games, you know, of course you need more realistic graphics, but at the same time you also need more realistic AI. And um that is something I've talked about not on the podcast, but with like, you know, friends in general, about how, you know, in my opinion, I think the AI is kinda sti- has been stifled in games for, you know, a couple years. You know, simply because like you can always find a way to get around. Like even these games that have, you know, super uh, perceptive a- uh, AIs, you can always in those games you can always find a way to kind of get around them. 
you know what I'm saying, or you'll get around their supposed perception. But, like, you know, stronger hardware will allow, you know, stronger processes would allow for a smarter AI, which is kind of like the jump that we saw from Xbox to Xbox 360. Um, and I guess, you know, it's kind of difficult to, it's kind of difficult to, I guess, gauge it unless you've seen it, so I'm going to give an example. Um, on Xbox when when Need for Speed most not was it most wanted not most wanted it was um take your time no, I think it was most wanted they were talking about because you played it on on Xbox I think and then you went and played it on the, yeah, yeah. the newer system and then yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. It was, yeah I was playing most wanted I, for some reason I was I was getting confused between most wanted and Hot Pursuit but um so I was playing most wanted on the Xbox that's what I bought it for originally and it was nice but then I um. You know, I uh, bought an Xbox 360 before I finished Most Wanted. So what I did was, you know, when I traded in my Xbox and my my games, I bought a new copy of Most Wanted on the 360. The game itself was definitely more difficult, like the gameplay, because the AI was smarter. Like in Most Wanted for the Xbox, you know, the cop cars would just kind of run the same patterns. Like when you'd see them get in front of you, you'd know what they're about to do. You know what I'm saying? And then you just dodge it, but with like you know most one on the on the three sixty they were they were they were surprising you they were coming from here, coming from there, you know dodge Durangos would surprise you by coming around corners and stuff like that like it was definitely and it made the game more fun in general because i I liked the game, but then when I played it on the three sixty, I loved the game, <laughs> you know because it made it more fun it made it more dynamic, and i I agree with Ubisoft, like, you know, they, you know, a lot of developers, you know, to a degree, they've they've been pushing the limits for, I'd say, about a year, two years now, on the current generation consoles, so, you know, when they get their hands on the new hardware, I think it's going to be fantastic, uh, and actually, um... It better be. Yeah. <laughs> why, why else are we buying it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think on the, on, you know... In this article here, they mentioned the Wii U and, you know, talking about, you know, how the, you know, the hardware of the Wii U is going to allow them to break, you know, break barriers and go farther than they had before, which is expected. It's supposed to. But I think most people concentrate on the graphics as opposed to concentrating on other things like the AI. Which I think is kind of a shame because, I mean, graphics get you kind of, you know, they're nice to look at. And as gamers... Gamers in general are very attracted to shiny things as much as people are like, well, you know, I prefer the gameplay. When it comes down to it, when somebody sees like new graphics on a new console or, you know, the latest engine that comes out or, you know, whatever the case may be, everybody's like, oh my God, it looks so good. That's everybody's reaction, regardless of, you know, how you feel about gameplay and stuff. There has to be that visual attraction right from the start to get you excited about either a game or a console. You're absolutely right. Because the game does have to be pretty freaking amazing for you to ignore that it being ugly as crap you know yeah it, exactly it, it can look it can okay it. you know it can look average that's one thing but looking like you know poop and then you know yeah. <laughs> you'd have to get past that in order to even get into the gameplay which doesn't always happen for some people so graphics are you know they're going to be important for some people um i think that the focus on ai though like their their idea of talking about that is that's important i think that that is a really good point that especially in the climate you have now where everything is a shooter of some sort ai matters a whole bunch 
Like it's the difference between you running around and going like, why are these guys still shooting at the box I was behind? And how come like nobody can hit me, not even the boss? And this game is stupid. To you know, you know, people trying to corner you and you and flanking you and doing all sorts of awesome stuff that you're like, man, like this is challenging. Not you know, just cheap. You know, not with like AI that's like you know, told super accurate and all that stuff, but like AI that is realistic. You know, yeah, there's that's, a fine line there. Right. Yeah. There's a big difference between that. You see that in fighting games a lot. <laughs> um, right. You know, where it, it button reads you and stuff like that. That's not good AI. That's just button reading, and that's I annoying. hate that. But I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm gonna calm down. Calming down. Oh, I know, I know. Relax, relax. It's cool. It's cool. The best example of that, DOA4, the, I forget what the name of the boss was, but that was button-reading AI. I was like, seriously, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. But anyway, um, but when you get away from that and it gets towards you know, more realism, like being able to have AI do different things, when you have open city games, which are also pretty prevalent, like L.A. Noir and Grand Theft Auto and even prototyping games like that, when you can have a city that, acts the way a city should or assassin's creed especially when it's dense like that as well when you have people going about different routines and doing different things games like cities in motion where literally a population of an entire city all has different routines like each individual person like that's ai you couldn't do that without pushing you know limitations of not just graphics but of ai you yeah know, just look how focuses. far shooters have come man whereas right. once upon a time where you just like you, two guards standing next to each other, you just stand out of their line of sight and shoot the one dude in the head and he's dead, and the other one just stands there. You know, that was just accepted at one time. That was just, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah, you totally didn't see that guy fall down and then all yeah, the blood go everywhere. Yeah, yeah nobody, <laughs> nobody used to complain about that. But then once we were introduced to the idea of like, oh, wow, that guy just noticed that his buddy is dead and he's reacting like, well, somewhat like a human being would in that situation. Like basically, he's trying to shoot you. Like yeah, something get take cover, shoot back at you. Yeah, exactly. Call for her help. Duck, something. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Don't just stand there or continue your patrol. And now, once you had that, you just like, oh wow, that's awesome. What if they took that even a step further? And they have. But now, you know, obviously the consoles have been out five to six years each now, and it's it's getting to a point where you're like, okay, we're we're ready to have some some new fun toys here that we can mess around with and take this even further. Yeah, and I guess that's where Ubisoft is really at. Right, you're going to get to that limitation because you've been pushing against it, you know, past the first couple of years. Graphics may, you may be able to eke more graphics out of it, but you probably figure out the limitations of AI and stuff pretty quickly, I would imagine. So you don't see, like, massive improvements there. You may see a game that comes out late in something's life cycle that manages to push out graphics that are like, oh, well, that's, you know... That's about it. <laughs> like, that's the yeah. last that you're going to get. But you never, I've never played a game like in the last bit of a life cycle of a console where I was like, dude, that AI was smart, man. What the <laughs> hell? Like, that's a very good point. So I can understand why you're talking six years in and they're talking 10 year life cycles that they're saying, like, okay, like, there's, we can't do, we can only do so much. Yeah. So I, I get that. I mean, like, it's, it's true. I, I, even with Wii U coming out, though, like, I don't know how much, you know, and then the console's coming after that. Like, I don't know how much people are willing to, to jump over, but at least it'll give, I guess, the developers a new playground. Or, you know, the, the, there's the other option, just do more stuff on PC. Crazy idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I know people talk about, well, people have to jump into the new consoles. If the developers make the games for it, 
they will go. Eventually they'll go. Yeah. It, it's a it's a it's a if you build it they will come situation. Yeah. Right. And of course the right. developers want to be working on the most advanced hardware. So yeah. when it comes out, they you know um, they're gonna. They're still gonna bring out stuff for the older consoles for for a while, of course, because there's such a huge established base there, and it's just not possible for everyone to move on right away. But still, they're like, oh wow, look at these shiny new toys, just like we are when we see a new game. They see this new new development kit so they can break out and do some really cool stuff that they haven't done before. You know, everybody wants to be at the forefront of the industry. Yeah, but what I what I'm predicting is gonna happen because it happened in pretty much every, um, I guess end of development cycle for any console like or xbox 360 or xbox xbox 360 included when you have those games that come out on two consoles like the old and the new one the primary team did not work on that you know on that you know old gen game like you know the same team who worked on the who worked on most wanted for the 360 did not work on the most wanted for you know xbox i mean the yeah they probably were, worked in the same development house but those are a different team that did it for the old system you know you're not going to get the cream of the crop working on those old console games so yeah how many times did that happen uh around like 2006 and 7 where it was like oh yeah team super freaking awesome is making this amazing product for the ps3 and 360 Oh yeah, and then these these other guys over here are making a Wii and PS2 version. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that too much. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, how many times did that happen? Exactly. You know, so um, people will come with the new consoles, and it'll it, it'll just be good for everyone. It's kind of like the same. It's like you know when a new phone technology comes out. Like you know, it, it'll be better once everybody hops on for you know on uh, you know LTE or whatever your phone company is calling 4G. <laughs> you know, it, things will be better for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but um, you know, while Ubisoft, actually Ubisoft, they've been praising the Wii U since like it was announced. Like, not only do they have, you know, they're saying good things about it. They had a separate press conference just for their Wii U lineup. Or you know, I, well, I shouldn't say Wii U lineup, but talked about two or three games that are coming out for Wii U from Ubisoft. Um, so you know, they were really there. Looks like they're really into the Wii U and the new hardware. Other developers, not so much. Um, yeah, which is interesting given the whole AI, you know, real being the battleground for new consoles because Gearbox seems to think it's just a stopgap. Yeah. And you know the funniest That's thing That's kind of a dirty word. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funniest thing about and uh, uh, by the way we're moving to a new topic guys. <laughs> but um the uh the, the thing about a st- about the way the Gearbox co-founder said it or I should say uh uh Brian Martell is his name from Gearbox Software. He was like he the way he said it it was kind of like oh yeah we're excited for it it's going to totally be a st- you know a stepping stone to the new consoles. Yeah, it was so offhanded. It was so <laughs> yeah. casual. It, it yeah. was so like what what you it's guys said that. It's casual, but man, that says a lot, and it just really yeah. oh it does really to me exemplifies everything that's wrong with Wii U and why I just don't care past the leak. Yeah, when, once that leak was over and we got to E three. I just did like when they pulled the curtain, or, or or honestly, they didn't even pull a curtain. They basically walked out, threw the tablet on the ground, and said, "This is the Wii U." The system, uh, it's backstage somewhere. Like when they did that, <laughs> I just didn't care anymore. So yeah. uh, to me, like it just exemplifies everything that's already gone on. It's not even being considered the new generation of consoles, like 
it was being vetted before we actually got to see the thing, you know, it's now it's just a stopgap. Now it's a stepping stone. And yeah. it's it's basically turning into the same thing that the Wii was, which was, you know, uh, so, yeah, I got something that's kind of new. It's it's interesting. But really, you know, we're just, it's just the, you know, a waypoint on the way to something better. Yeah. yeah. Which is the other two consoles. It's kinda so funny the way he said it, it, though. Yeah. It just, it's, it, it's just funny that Nintendo keeps finding themselves in that position. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of shocked Nintendo hasn't come out and said anything about this. Because if you're Nintendo and, and you hear this said, they can't be happy about this, but they haven't said anything yet. I don't know. Maybe they're working on a statement, taking the time, or maybe they're just going to try to ignore it and hope it goes away. But I'm pretty sure a lot of people saw this. It's been on uh, – we covered it on on Master's Buttons, and I saw a number of other sites writing about it too. But, it's again, he's like, yeah, we're really excited. Uh, textures are going to be at a rev- resolution you haven't seen before. It's all this great stuff. Or Aliens, Colonial Marines is probably going to be on there. But that game's weird too because it – it sounded like that was definitely coming to Wii U at, at E3, and then they were like, well, we haven't officially announced it yet. I'm like, really? I thought you did. But anyways, they, they talk about, like, this thing can do all this cool stuff. We're excited. It's great. We love the console. I think he actually said that. We love the thing. Yeah, but, well, uh, the, he, said that the same, he said that yeah. in the same exact breath. We, yeah. But we like the system a lot. We think it's going to be a really cool stopgap in between this generation and the next generation. And it's like, His well, exact what? words. Yeah. Like, it is It is something that's so quick that you're like, oh, okay, you know, maybe it's just a, like, a wait, bad what? choice of words. But, like, <laughs> yeah. that's not really the word you use no. when you really like something and you're actually excited about yeah. it. Like, yeah, like this is me, the like future. Said, it's going to be awesome. You know, yeah, something like that. <laughs> to me, it just says what we've already said, that, you know, it's... Sorry, we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was nice while we knew you. And even like later, something else I picked up that he, well, I noticed that he said was, uh, you know, when he said we've got the alien colonial marines engine running on Wii U, and then instead of saying you're gonna, he, instead of just saying that you're gonna see textures and resolutions you haven't seen before, he says as far as consoles go, like he definitely made that yeah, current generation. Yeah, yeah you're right. He, he definitely made that. he definitely made that distinction. Like as far as consoles go. You're gonna see, you know, uh, textures and resolutions you haven't seen before, which is, I mean, we, we've talked about it, I guess, in the last several podcasts. Like Nintendo, I'm sorry, but they're going about this the wrong way. You don't come out with a brand spanking new console that's already behind on technology. You can't use a last gen, you know, you know, PC graphics card in your in, in your hardware. Especially I, if you want it. Well, you can, but you can't do that if you are really see, actually yeah. expecting it to be the new next step in consoles. The new hotness. It's not. Yeah. It's uh, not. It's n- not. Maybe, maybe. It's so frustrating to watch it, too. It, especially, like, I'm, I'm a big Nintendo fan. And historically, I should, I should clarify that. Historically, I've been a big Nintendo fan. But this, more and more of this generation, you're just like, what are you doing? doing nintendo it's like every news they come out with it's like okay yeah yeah that sounds cool oh that's gonna be awesome they're finally do- and then they say something else like oh yeah but by the way it's not that much more powerful you're like wait wait hold on what why are you doing this you're bringing out a new console this needs to be the next big thing at not- least pull up microsoft and let us think it at least do that <laughs> because if microsoft was good at anything although apparently they lost that with losing peter moore and jay allard and all those Friggin' douchebags, but Microsoft used to be able to put on so much of a razzle dazzle 
that you would even forget that you didn't rem- you you already knew tech specs and stuff like that, and that you knew that certain things weren't going to be as great as they were promising because they put on such a good show that you believed them. Nintendo needs to do that. If they had done that with Wii U, this wouldn't really be so much of a problem. But I think that even being on the inside, the developers and publishers look at the Wii U the same way we did because that's the face that Nintendo has shown for the system, which is, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of cool, but look at this controller. Isn't that awesome? It's like a tablet, like Apple, <laughs> because that's what happened. Like, okay, it's got cool functions, but you really look like you just released a peripheral for a Wii. Literally is what it looks back like. To this yeah. Showing this is the game that, like, stand back, everybody. Here it is, the game that shows off why you need to get this thing tomorrow, even though it's yeah. not coming tomorrow. Stand this, back, there's a hurricane yeah, coming this, through. Yeah, this is Which, it. Everybody yeah. get ready to be blown away. It, it didn't happen. We complained about that a lot. Everybody complained about that a lot, but for good reason. Like, it all comes back to that. Like, like it was a terrible presentation at E3, and Nintendo has even come out since then and said, yeah, we dropped the ball. Um, so, you know, ho- hopefully they're still, it's not coming out until sometime after April of next year. So, I mean, there's still some some chance for them to kind of come back and redeem themselves, I, but they're I think in the they blew whatever goodwill they had going into it. People were excited, and there are still some people that are excited, but I, the vast majority I, is kind of like, huh? and it seems to, and given this, like you know, that kind of a statement because it was offhand. It's not like the guy was like just like busting Nintendo's balls, like yeah, you know, we you would be great if it didn't suck, you know, <laughs> like he didn't, he wasn't like dogging the system. You know, as a developer, you have to be kind of excited that like there's some kind of advancement happening, so you're gonna get a new a new playground to play with, kind of like with the AI thing with Ubisoft. You have to be excited about it, but it's the same thing. You know, it's this. It's the same. It's the same thing. Like, he, I'm sure that everybody was excited about it, including people inside the industry. But when you make a showing like that and you don't give anybody to get excited about, including developers and stuff, when they don't even know, you know, we know some aspects of what's in the box, but not all of it. You know, that's that's a problem. So it just it's indicative of the whole thing and. I think that even I think that even developers and publishers have been infected by the lackadaisicalness of this <laughs> of everything yeah. surrounding Wii. So people aren't That's particularly not. excited about it, but what would get people excited? How about if the PlayStation Four was coming out next year? Which brings us to our next topic. Yeah, the uh, basically there's been rumors circulating around that the PS4 is coming out in 2012, uh, mainly because of uh, some parts orders that have rumored to have been taking place from Sony. Okay. Um, now, we have to say the the source of the rumor isn't the most credible. Yeah! <laughs> but it's been making its rounds. Okay. Yeah, they, it's getting around all the outlets. Yeah, you know, it's, now, now it's not like they have never been right. It's just that they're not right as much as we would they've like. They've been to right be. once. I thought it was twice. No, okay, it was once. No, I, I, oh, I said, I said it was a one time. <laughs> they were correct. But what a time um, it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't even know it what was, it was. <laughs> but out of what, it was, it was fourteen, um, fourteen like. Rumors that they that this this site has had, and out of those fourteen, ten were wrong. 
one was correct. Um, one was unknown, and two were—I forget what they said about the other two. Questionable. They, What's it like? It was up for debate or something. Something along those lines. Which doesn't like, really so, make sense. But the point is that right. these guys have a terrible track track record of being right about this kind of thing. Yeah. So we're not saying that they're right, but if they were, if the PS4 actually did come out in 2012. Um, not not being not being announced in 2012, but actually come out in 2012. Like E3, Sony's like PS4, October 2012. <laughs> you know, there it is. There, yeah, like that. That right there would destroy Wii U. Like it, they Wii U needs to come out before news of the next consoles <laughs> come out. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> there can't even be a whisper. Like there can't yet. be. Yeah, yeah, that it proves all the that all that kind of a statement. Even true. if it comes next year, it'll you is guaranteed that it'll be way more powerful than the Wii U. Oh yeah, because I think we can all agree on that. Sony, Microsoft, they don't mess around when it comes to making new consoles. Like they, 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 they throw it on. They, yeah, they, they, know, will, they know people are about the pretty, so they give yeah. you the pretty. <laughs> they, well, it's not just the thing. Is like yeah, like their consoles will definitely be like they may be comparable to what PC is producing right now, the new consoles. They may do that. Or maybe, because, oh, you know, they start those developments, they start the development of those consoles, you know, way ahead of the time that you actually hear about it. So and maybe... Like right after they lo- launch the last one is usually what we hear when they started a new one. Yeah, yeah. So, like, maybe even, let's say... At the time when you know the the PS4 or the Xbox 720 is announced, that the games still look like PC does right now. That still tramples over the Wii U, and that would technically speaking not even truly be a full generation behind. You know what I'm saying? Like they would definitely pump out some powerful some powerful hardware, and not yeah. just in the graphics department, but also, you know, with the CPU. The CPU would be powerful enough to give you an even better AI than the Wii U. Then you've got a whole Dreamcast situation on your hands with the Wii U. And... It's not even a Dreamcast situation. It's not like the Wii U is, like, ahead of its time like the Dreamcast was. Dreamcast was just a product of bad marketing and crap. It was just the perfect storm of, you know... Garbage. But it was the same thing where it kind of came out between two generations. And it, then it yeah, was like it two years later, it was like, hey, here's this new thing that's, you know, I'm not saying like way better games or anything, but way better, you know, power wise. Well, you, the thing is, that's about, not the only reason it failed. I'm not trying to yeah. give the Dreamcast a hard time. I know, that, I'm that not going to attack you. I'm right. not going to attack you. I'm just, very upset there for a second. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying that, like, it's not, to me, it's not the same because, like, Wii U hasn't, it's not like, Wii U has shown me anything that's like the Dreamcast where you're like, man, that's great. And, you know, then it just gets crushed because it, it was just a, a product of bad timing and, you know, you know, kind of a perfect Yeah, story. that was definitely an issue there. And, we, we, I mean, we really haven't seen anything of the Wii U, really. Well, I mean, what have we seen? Forget about what's great. Have we even seen what's mediocre? <laughs> like, we saw some some mini games that may or may not turn into an actual collection yeah, of games that are packed in. Other systems, yeah. Like yeah. That. And we saw a tech demo. Of Zelda, which everyone's learned their lesson not to get excited about Zelda tech demos. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't, you're, all, you're all done, Rob? All laughed yeah. out? You're good to go? You are starting to point. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to, like, I had to kind of want to swing back around to the, to the Dreamcast comment. I'm, I'm not attacking you, Nick, so it's okay. Take it easy. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean, like, with the Dreamcast, there was really one thing that, that really made the downfall of the Dreamcast, and that was lack of DVD player. The, the 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 loss of sales in Japan because of the lack of DVD player is really what drove Sega into the financial state that they that they had to you know pretty much cut the console sales. Yeah, um, plus they had released a string of less than successful um, consoles and console add-ons. Well, yeah, up to that. that's that another thing. But the what, Nintendo doesn't have that going on. They, exactly. You could have said that going into the Wii, but obviously now they're coming off a huge success, even though it's you know, waned horribly in the last two years. Right. But the problem with the with the Wii U is that not it's not just one feature that's that's gonna be inferior to the next generation of consoles. I mean feature for feature minus the D V D player, PS PS two, Dreamcast, same thing. Okay. Um to, uh, to a degree, you know. But like when in terms of like the Wii U and the PS four, the PS four is going to be more powerful. It's going to be smarter. It's going to be an all-around media device. It's going to be just so much the Wii U is not. Now, if Sony turns around and releases a console that is the same as the Wii U in terms of graphics and power, I we got a whole we got a, we have a whole other problem. And if Microsoft <laughs> oh, does yes. the same thing, I will stop. I will stop believing I won't in buy, console I, I won't buy any more consoles. Yeah, I will I stick with my PS3 or my three. I'll stick with what I got right now, and I'll just keep playing PC. That's what'll happen. That'll Dude. be it. The game's over. <laughs> that, that's serious. gaming apocalypse right there. That's gaming apocalypse. That, yeah, that, will, that will make all of the naysaying and the doom, you know, the, the the doom and gloom about consoles losing out to every other format or, you know, all that stuff we hear about every single week. And it will make it true because that's the, that's the death of consoles. Because you, you, you have to innovate a little bit. At least, because you're not you're not running like with that much ahead of everything else that you can't you can afford to just be like man you know man it's a little good it's a little better it's okay it's all right right it's good yeah I, I totally agree with both of you I, I think we all none of us expect Sony to do that though I don't even expect them to come out with the system next year like you said Rob like their track record on these things are terrible. But if the PlayStation 4 does come next year, don't say DigiTimes didn't tell you so. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the moral of the story, I guess we really want to talk about, Sony, if you actually did come out with the console, I think you would destroy Nintendo. Yeah, basically. And I do think that 2012 is unlikely as well because it's just too soon. Like, it, it kind of fits the track record for, like, I know everybody is saying, oh my god, 10-year lifespan, they lied. But... Even if it came out next year, that's actually not really out of line with what they've done before. PS3 came out when PS2 was still being supported and was still very, very, very popular. So they tend to like run, you know, they tend to run them a little bit overlapping because they want to give people time to get introduced to a new system but still be able to support the old one. Yeah, it's really always been six years for Sony when you look at it historically. You had 95 to 2001 between the PS1 and PS2, or 2000 rather. And then 2000, 2006. So it's a, that five or six year life cycle that most consoles go for. Yeah, it's about right. Because, you know, by the time it's over, it does get 10 years. The one thing that we didn't touch on that I, I think is kind of important to mention, and also may just be a product of the, of the fact that it is a freaking big, big rumor, is the fact that the order that is being talked about, you know, the, tech, the parts that have been ordered, 
put it on track to have a body movement based control like something else that we know the connect don't do this that's all i really have to say about it don't do that (laughs) don't freaking do it because we're talking about this before pre-show and this will be my last bit to say about this and i said and i really nobody no we've already seen that that the that the console developers can't put in a new feature like motion control or like motion control or like motion control (laughs) (laughs) and not have it not try and push it as a major feature of the system i if we can get to the point where it's just there and like you can you know certain functions where it makes sense you can use with it or it's just like a side thing and it's not so friggin' important, you know, where, it, you know, it doesn't dominate your E3 press conference or, or, you know, half of your E3 press conference like it did Microsoft and Sony, you know, the world would be better for it. And so would consoles because you're getting away from what makes consoles any kind of good to play anyway. So just don't do it. You know, like they don't need it, but we've already seen that they can't put that stuff in and not have it be a major focus. So my problem is if you put body, if you if they do this body motion control with PS4, that is absolutely going to be the focus of the system, and it's going to ruin a good huge part of the experience. I opinion. wholeheartedly endorse those statements. So, like, just if that is true on any level, like, I. I just hope that maybe it's gone far enough that they don't try and treat it as something major, but I know better. So just, I hope that it's not true. And if it, just don't put it in. Don't do it. Yeah, that's how all of us feel. So, And since we established earlier that Sony listens to our podcast, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. We're good to go now. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to end that one on that. Sony nicks the uh, body motion controls thing. And you know, crush Wii U. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Charge. Yeah. yeah. So last piece of news, we can um, just I I don't know, throw a party. <laughs> I guess. For the Wait, last no, that video threw a party. That video was a party. That's that is true. That's and the video that we are talking about is the uh, the E3 demo from Bioshock Infinite, and this is the one that was only seen. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that was only seen at E3 by uh, select press members. And choirs um, angels, apparently. But yeah, <laughs> last... Well, Just was, a few. Yeah. On uh, Thursday night um, on GTTV on Spike, they showed the full, um, the full demo. Now, thankfully for the internet... Uh, well, thankfully for me, I ha- you know the internet exists, so I didn't have to subject myself to Spike. Um, so yeah. you know we're also gonna have the link in the show notes, of course. But um, listen, we're gonna talk about that video, and I want Rob to go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, because you're the longest. So go ahead. Oh, I'm the oh okay. So I'm <laughs> the long one. But see, I'm gonna. But you know what? I'm gonna make every point for you guys, and you're not gonna have anything. To okay, say Nick, you go first. Like... You're right. You were absolutely right, <laughs> Nick. You, you, you go I'm first. I'm so prepared. I thought Rob was going long because I get all the points across. So that's my problem. Uh-huh. Let me let me go through my notes. Okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> I, he's got angels singing behind him, and he is going through notes. So. <laughs> no. Okay, now we're actually going to talk about this thing. Angels are going to talk Yes. <laughs> they saw it. <laughs> so if you guys didn't see this yet, and shame on you if you have not, it's a 20-minute long video. 
mostly consisting of gameplay footage of Bioshock Infinite. Um, some of it is just Ken Levine talking to a, who's it, Jeff Kiley, Kaylee, whatever the hell his name is, yep. from um, from GTTV. But he run. They show off the. This is the behind closed doors demo from E3 that only the press saw, and it is magnificent. Like it is just absolutely incredible. There is just some really cool. Um, you guys have all seen the rails that run around Columbia, the floating city that the game takes place in. There's some awesome things where he's like fighting a giant flaming zeppelin. That he's on the zeppelin. He jumps off that. He's jumping between railings. He's shooting guys on other railings. They're jumping off and trying to shoot him. Then he's flying out of the air. Uh, Elizabeth, the uh, your female counterpart in the game, is using her crazy powers and your shotgunning dudes. It is completely insane. It it is one of the coolest um, like preview uh, videos I've seen in a while. Let's um, let's talk about Elizabeth for a second because because yeah, uh, that that is a that fact that is kind yeah. of the focal point of the game. Yeah, honestly. her crazy powers as Nick so eloquently put. <laughs> <laughs> you do better. I, hey, you want me to do better? I can do better. The zany powers. Not, Thank you very much. That's <laughs> Jared's turn now. We'll let it <laughs> no, like, well, but, I mean, um, because Nick brought up a good point before he continued. I just wanted to. Hey, we we should probably stop there and talk about you know Elizabeth a little bit and explain because her powers are a major part of the gameplay. Um, basically, what her power is to do. There's these things called tears. Uh, that is correct. I am using the correct term, right, Nick? It is tears, right? They didn't call it something guess. else. Yeah. Right. They're crazy it tears. Tears. <laughs> 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 crazy tears. And I guess they're just, they're, they're short for tears and, like, I guess reality. Like, her ability is to make things from other dimensions. And from what I can see, other times come into come into that existence. Um, and I'll get into the, the time. It's basically, thing a bit. she basically can pull things from, it is other realities, but it's, it's it, basically things from within that time point, even if they're not, you know, it's just like other possibilities, basically that, you know, there's not always, you know, a tear or there's not always like a, a bunch of possibilities available, but, the I'm sorry because I'm just gonna go ahead now and just take this because there's a point um, which is the, probably the best illustration of her power and it honestly is like mind blowing when you get down to it. She she's an interesting character like first off, but she comes across a horse and in all of the the fighting and stuff that's gone on in Colombia, which is the floating city that you're in for the basis of the game. Um, your character is trying to find her at this point in the game in the demo you're with her and she you're you're trying to get her out um and take her back to new york but she runs across a horse that's injured um and dying and you know she's got like this thing about you know lives like she she feels a lot of pity for it she's been sequestered like in columbia because of her power and everything and she's got like this outpouring for of emotion about this thing your character's just telling her to leave it alone but she just won't. So she kneels down next to this horse and opens a tear or starts opening a tear that like changes the horse's color. The horse gets up. There's grass where, you know, everything is scorched earth and it's all concrete and things of that nature. And she can't really control the wrist, like the tears entirely. So it closes back up. She reopens it again, and, like, horse gets up all the way, and she's holding open the tear, 
and then she's she loses control of it again. She just gets up and just like, boom, opens a tear like because she just gets fed up, and horse is still dead. But now you're standing in the middle of a street and like the 1950s. If say you were or if you were more, it almost looks modern, but. It it still is look does look very retro, but well, it's it was like the it's 80s, I think, Rob. It was the 80s. It because was the 80s. Okay, I didn't. The, uh, it, maybe you missed it on the uh, on the movie the theater. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Well, yeah, I caught that. I didn't know if like it was supposed to be, you know, like how much of a reference it was supposed to be to the exact time period. So I didn't yeah, necessarily I take it as much, but it was definitely flexibility there. more. It was definitely not the same time frame. But, like, you're standing in a street, like, just as if you were just in some, you know, in a city next to a movie theater that's got Revenge of the, Revenge of the, the Jedi on the, on the you know, uh, on the, the movie board. And there's, like, neon lights and, it, like, a, like, a shop next to you on the other side. You start hearing, like, ambulances coming down the street. And, like, you, she has to close it before, like, she gets hit by an ambulance. That's but, fair. like... Or fire truck. I'm sorry, but when you, but like, God, just the, get it right. <laughs> just the, when you see like the powers in motion, like you're like, dude, what can't this girl do? And the answer is kind of like she can do anything, and uh, once she gets to the point that she can control it, so it's That's it's pretty insane. Yeah, it, it's she's pretty having insane. a lot of issues controlling them throughout the video. For those who haven't seen it, uh, and Booker Booker Dewitt, which is the main character that you play, has some some arguments with her over that. And she's kind of saying, like, no, no, I can't control it this time. I can't. I think that was during the horse whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that was during yeah, the horse. Yeah, that was the horse. And, and then he's saying, no, you can't control it. And she's saying, yes, I can. And ultimately, you know, that whole, all that crazy stuff happens. And then she's basically just like, oh, you're right. I can't control it. But I'm sure we're not done with that there. Obviously, yeah, they're no. going to revisit that. And that's going to be like a recurring theme. And eventually, she's going to gain control. And like you said, Rob, once she does, it's going to be ridiculous because she's already doing some really insane things. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. like, she's bringing crap back to life. Like, it, the, it, and even if she can't, like, fully control it, just the fact that, like, that's a possibility, that's got interesting implications for stuff that can happen later on in the game. Yeah. But as far as the demo itself, the tears are also going to be useful because, and he actually didn't really, I, I'm actually I'm surprised, he actually didn't show that much of it during that demo. Um, but the tears, you're going to be able to bring different things into reality that'll help you, and you kind of get, like, different choices in certain situations like she hides during like combat so that you know she doesn't get shot at she doesn't just stand out there like you know better ai yay um (laughs) but she'll yell out to you when you have an option or like she senses a tear and uh, you can like create cover you can create like a you know like a barrel that has weapons so that you can get like reload like right in the middle of a firefight or get another weapon or It'll like call in reinforcements to help you fight things. Like, and and that that's not that's just like a selection of like certain things that can happen. But like that's like a major part of the gameplay when you're with her is the those kind of possibilities that you can kind of play the game in in a different fashion than you might normally just sit sit around and play a first person shooter, which is interesting. But anyway, moving on. But that's that's Elizabeth and her crazy powers. <laughs> Yeah, so also with um uh with the main character, they replace plasmids. I cannot remember what they actually call them now though. It's uh, 
what do they call it? Because not plasmids anymore. It, it's very I, I similar. It's, like it's or something. Well, but... yeah, they, they just replace. It's the, it basically it still gives you power. It's the same. And it's, and instead of yeah, giving you instead of drink uh, instead of uh, injecting it, you drink it. It still gives it's you different tonic. powers. Is that it? Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, tonics. It's Am I like, wrong on that? No, it's not tonics. No, but, but it's because yeah. tonics were in, were previously in Bioshock too. I, I imagine they return. I I'm, that's it, something I with a B. I want to say it's a booster or a buff or something along those something lines. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, your, your character he picks these up, and um, you know the one that you see in the game is uh, he makes things float in midair. Uh, that's the one that you see. But I also saw. Well, I shouldn't say I, I saw it uh, like in terms of a demo, but I know in like the the early movies that came out for Bioshock Infinite, actually the first one I believe. Uh, they showed one where he controlled a crow, um, you know, yeah. or a, fly, a flock of crows. So you know, it's gonna be definitely gonna be different from Bioshock. It's not just gonna be fire, electricity, you know, telekinesis and stuff like that. It's gonna be new stuff. So they showed that. Um, the most interesting part to me was how massive the battle areas were because you're not just talk like you know they were wide areas in general but then when you mix in the skylines which are these basically these tracks that are kind of like roller coaster tracks but you kind of you know you hook onto it and it's how you move quickly throughout the area that's actually how he gets up to the to the zeppelin that, it's like a uh, cross between a zip, zip line and a roller coaster exactly like instead of just going down you can also go up and all that good stuff but um yeah and you know that you can use that, and usually in, with stuff like that in games, it's, it's you you get on it and you go for your ride. But with this, you can actually hop from track to track. You can get on, get off at any time. You can jump off of the building like he jumps off of a zeppelin, and then hooks onto it. And that wasn't part of the cutscene, you know, or it wasn't part of the cinematic. Um, so like, yeah, you can do all that stuff, and it makes it really dynamic like you can totally leave an area that you were fighting in by hopping onto one of these lines your enemies can also hop onto the lines too you know so they can get on it and follow you to a different area or maybe follow you to a trap you know yeah there's a lot of options it looks like for how you'll be able to approach each uh each combat scenario and in fact he even gets asked at one point in the video like is this actual gameplay that we're watching like it's that's obviously staged they probably talked to that that beforehand but it for for viewers seeing it for the first time, it is like wow. Is this like somebody actually playing this, or are we watching like a a predetermined cutscene? But this is you know it's it's actual just somebody playing the game, just going nuts. Yeah. So like it's definitely like that's what got me me for the most part, and also the interaction with Elizabeth. Like as you're fighting, you can have her, um, you know, put like bring like a train car in to block. You know, some you know, like maybe somebody who has line of sight on you with a weapon to block them, and then you handle somebody else, or you know, make her have a barrel of explosives appear, and you can shoot the barrel and clear out a whole bunch of enemies. You know, stuff like that. So, um, the gameplay dynamic I think is going to be more fast paced than Bioshock. It's going to be more action oriented than I thought. I think Bioshock really was. Yeah, especially given the open the openness of it, they did definitely like is in that direction. Um, it's a lot more dynamic than the combat in Bioshock was, especially given how almost claustrophobic Bioshock was originally when you're, you're dealing with, you know, being underwater and those tight corridors and stuff like that. Like you definitely have a lot more room to move and do things. Yeah, um, Bioshock was definitely going for like a creepy type of right. feel. Not it exactly, was going for that. not exactly like a horror feel, but definitely like a, uh, a creepy type of feel. Yeah, plus in Bioshock, it was more, okay, this 
this society has already suffered like you know this huge event where the whole thing fell apart and everybody's you know pretty much dead already except obviously like the splicers that are wandering around whereas in Columbia it's it's more like okay it's experiencing that event it's currently right happening now. yeah exactly right. Rob exactly yeah. as you are going through it that is happening so all these these two warring factions and this huge population are all there wreaking havoc and you're trying to get this girl out in the middle of it and the whole time that's going on uh, her crazy 30 foot tall bird nanny songbird how weird is that thing is yeah. chasing after you which yeah. you finally got to see you look pretty crazy well it's funny because i would not realizing it before um because they didn't talk about it but if you ever saw the the when the, the game informer where they talked about the when they talked about uh, infinite the first time yeah well then they talked about infinite the first time oh, they had okay, exclusive okay. on it like yeah. last year or whatever um like the one of the covers actually showed Songbird at the time. I had no clue what it was, but yeah, like it was the first time really seeing like an entire full view of it. It's like a big daddy that's based on a bird that's on steroids. Pretty that's much. what it looks like. I mean, it, like it looks steroids. like twice the size of a like of a big daddy with like fully functioning like mechanical wings and uh, like the same sort of like mask like face but it's it's definitely like like put on a bird's head but it's like a gas mask on a bird on a bird head it's it's creepy and it still kind of evokes that same feeling when you get looking at a big daddy because it it has similarities to it um but like it has like the eyes change color like it when it's like you know the first time you run into it like it looks into a window and you're both like like Elizabeth's hiding behind like you and her hiding behind a crate and she's scared to death like because of the weird relationship she has with it because like it's her captor but it's also like been her only form of communication too like it would bring her books and things of that nature from the outside this whole Stockholm syndrome thing going on exactly I mean like at one point she even is you know tells you like that if it comes down to it like not not between just like you know you beating it and making her home but like if it's between you know her going back like she would rather you kill her and that's like it, it's so story and, and that all that is definitely still like a, a very big dynamic and there's a lot more going on than just like rescue the girl kill the villain because in the demo the villain kicks crap out of you <laughs> like yeah that's the difference here without even trying <laughs> so. between the big daddies you you cannot defeat him is what we've been told like you have no chance he comes you you need to run like you can't beat songbird which i mean we have to assume at some point there'll be some final confrontation because it is a video game. But Ken Levine keeps saying, like, yeah, when Songbird comes, it's not like Big Daddy where, oh, it's going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, You're going to have to use prepared, all your powers and skills. to beat him, right. Yeah. No, it's like it's just run. run for yeah. your life. <laughs> yep. So it's a really great look. And that's another thing that, I mean, we didn't even touch on, and I'll just hit real quick. The style of it is really, really unique, and the game just, like, as as much as Bioshock One and well two for that matter were kind of dark dreary affairs because they were supposed to be there sun underwater they had that setting like Columbia is in the sky like it's an open it's a very open city combat reflects it now like the, Irrational tends to go with themes on that, along that line and they're still sticking to that like the way the combat works the the openness of the cities themselves when you're you know, going down the lines past buildings like that are kind of like almost skyscrapers and just the way everything looks 
like the game is gorgeous like in addition to everything else so it it just looks like a ridiculous experience is it kind of wrong though that that this may be the game i'm most excited about and we still don't get it till next year no not <laughs> at all a little bit it makes me a little bit sad though about this year <laughs> but that's just yeah me. But it's There's still some awesome stuff coming this year, though. There, there is. But there I, is. I felt the same way. I mean, if anyone read my post when I put it up on the site, I was like, "Yeah, pretty much forget about everything I said about those other cool games from E3." Wow, this is the game that now I am like, "When do we get to play this? This needs to come out now. I want to be playing this." Yeah. So, so really, go go check out the video on the site, like like Jared said earlier. It'll be in the show notes, and you know, just prepare to you know just hold on to your chair because you're gonna get blown away. So yes. that's that's all I have to say about it. It's, it was great. <laughs> so what else can you say? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So on that note, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here. Um, let's see what we got coming out next week. Uh, next week, actually, I don't even. We're hitting uh, that gap now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing notable that I would say would probably be NCAA football, if that's still coming out next week. Uh, July 12th, yeah. But, um, yeah, other than that, you got uh, a, a movie game, Harry Potter and Deathly Hollows, Elder Scrolls, Oblivion's fifth anniversary like edition. If you probably if you didn't play Oblivion by now, you're probably not gonna. Um, Especially with Skyrim on the way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's Ben 10, the triple pack DS game for all you Ben 10 fans out there, whoever Ben They're 10 is. making those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, things that surprise me. Yeah. And then Mystery Quest, Curse of Ancient Spirits. No idea who's making that, but hey, that's for those people who really, really want games next week. Also, you should be paying attention to the Steam Summer Sales, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've been feeling so. Oh yeah. They've been making me feel good. That that's too much. <laughs> yeah. Really though, like it's a really. It's kind of weird how they're running it because it doesn't run day to day. It actually runs like twelve to twelve Central Time. I've noticed. So like, it kind of sucks for you if you didn't like come home and get something like right away, like that night. Because like if you catch a deal that morning that we post or put on Twitter or you know whatever the case may be, that like by the time you get home it's over, like you missed it. But then it gets replaced by another awesome sale. Well, you'll definitely find something. There's literally been something each day that I'm like, man, I should probably maybe buy that. You know, like and there's already been a couple of purchases that have been made in this household. But uh, yeah, it's. Awesome sale. <laughs> I mean, last year's Steam Summer Sales, how I got Mass Effect 1 and 2 limited editions with soundtrack, total $28. Total. And that's when Mass Effect 2 was still 60 bucks. You know. And yeah, this year... Hell of a deal. Yeah. I actually, I picked up... Just today, I purchased the Splinter Cell complete pack because it was 18 bucks. I got all the Splinter Cell games, and now I can catch up on Splinter Cell and finally play Conviction, which was a part of that pack. So, oh, there you go. See, there you go. It's encouraging cool. my gaming. So. Yeah, but it's uh, it's got it's got good sales, and not only good sales too, but they also kind of put like a little uh, incentive into it as well. If you pick up a game, you can actually get like tickets that you can put towards like unlocking other things. So it, they kind of have like a little bit of a game going too at the same time, a little ARG going on. So I mean, Steam's good for that, but uh, yeah. that's the only thing that's kind of nice about summer. 
as much as we complain about like, oh man, why aren't there more good games? Because well, there aren't any good games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice because good, like I guarantee the there are games you have not played. I don't care how many games you played, you've missed out on something. Like for me personally, I, I I'm thinking about jumping into. Uh, I know Jared's gonna kill me again for it. Uh, I have not really played for more than a few minutes Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. <laughs> I'm probably gonna jump. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew that already too. He already knew yeah, that I'm, too. I'm sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, so I'm probably going to try and break into that this summer. It's so it's a great time if you like on Steam and other places you can get games on sale or games that have just come down in price. And then uh, you know before you know it, it'll be September, October, and you'll be playing you know Rage and other cool stuff like that. Arkham City. Yes, yeah. that game should be cool. Yeah. All right, so I guess that'll that'll wrap us up here. Um, for joining us once again, yeah. we always appreciate it. Yeah, you guys, know thanks, me. Sony. Yeah, thanks, Sony. Yeah, <laughs> and Kojima, because you know Kojima listens to this podcast too. Oh, really? We covered that. I did not know that. Where he gets his ideas. That's I guess wow. you. I guess you weren't on that day when I talked about Kojima and how we communicate through uh, our Unicorn channel. I missed that. I'm going to start taking this thing. Oh, more I think seriously. that. Uh, yeah, I think that was when he he was uh, not with us that day. It was Jason. Uh, okay, yeah, I have a unicorn that travels across a rainbow and takes my letters <laughs> to Kojima. I'm, I'm going to find another site to work for. <laughs> well, if you don't stick around, how are you going to see me kidnap Gabe? You're oh, going to miss true. the fun stuff. You're right. Oh, man, I we could get him one week out, man. Jeez, I thought that going weekly we would get one week where he doesn't threaten somebody. <laughs> I'm not threatening Gabe. I just, want to cur- <laughs> I just want to encourage the development of Half-Life Episode 3. That's That's all I want to do. So, but um, yeah, you guys love the drill. You know, you can find us on SoundCloud as you maybe listen to us on right now. But it's SoundCloud.com/slash mash those buttons. Um, we're on Twitter, Twitter.com/slash MTB site, Facebook.com/slash uh, uh, mash those buttons, and of course mash those buttons.com. We love to hear from you. So definitely, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, love us, hate us, just let us know. Put us on the site. I mean, put Are your you comments on the site. Necessary. I'm always interested in feedback. I'm the community manager, so if you're communicating with somebody on Twitter or one of our other channels, it's probably me or maybe Jess. Um, so we definitely always want to know what you think, you know, if you got any suggestions for us um, for this or for anything else that we do. Um, if you like a feature, things you don't like, just let us know. We're, we're here to serve to a certain extent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, like I said, that's going to wrap us up here, and we will catch you guys next week. Later on, everybody. Peace.